All right, guys, good morning. If we can, let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And if you guys grab one of the church Bibles, it is going to be page 896, 896. John chapter 10. Uh, my name is Kenson. I have the honor of being the pastor of our Bridgeport location. So glad to be with you guys. And also, once again, just want to invite you guys again to our Good Friday gathering. Uh, it's going to be a little tight with all of us being there, but it should be a really great time. Uh, we meet at the Zobi Art Center. And what's really cool is that after our gathering is done that evening, uh, the Art Center is actually having an open gallery uh, for everyone else. So stick around, check out what some of the artists are doing, get to meet some of our neighbors who are around there. So John chapter 10, now as you guys are turning there, uh, just to remind you guys that we're back in our sermon series on the seven I am statements of Jesus. <clears throat> Let me just show them over to you here. You know, these are the I am statements that we see that Jesus shares about the uniqueness of who he is as the son of God. So far, we've talked about these things. We've talked about how Jesus is the bread of life, that he's the only one that can satisfy the soul, that he's the light of the world, that he's the only light that heals and shows us the path of eternal life. Last week, we learned that Jesus is the door, that it's only by going through him can we find life and life to the fullest. And for today, we're going to look at I am the good shepherd, the most personal and relational statement Jesus makes towards us. So with that, let's read our verses, starting at verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11, uh, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, he who's a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I laid out my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. The charge I have received from my Father. This charge I have received from my Father. And if we can't, let's jump to verse 27. Verse 27 says this, Jesus continues, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> There's a major difference between owning something and renting something. For example, when you're an owner, you usually take better care of things than renters. So for example here, like you go ahead and you have that car that you own, right? And you see a big pothole as you're driving down Chicago streets. What do you do with your car? You drive around that pothole. You try to make everything you can do to spare your car from that damage. But if you're renting a car and you see a pothole, boom, boom. Oh, well, it is what it is. Or did you also know that nowadays you can rent a dog for a day and you can have tons of fun with this dog? But guess what happens when the dog starts to act up? No thanks. Here you go. Back to the shelter, right? 
Or how about this? When my family goes on vacation, we rent this hotel room, and when we get to this hotel room, my kids think thinks it's paradise. They throw trash everywhere on the floor. Towels are thrown all over the place. They're jumping on the bed with their shoes. I know this isn't great, but this is just what they do, all right? But when it's our home, my home, okay, the trash is cleaned up, towels are hung up, and if any kid is caught jumping on the bed with their shoes, they better be ready to live somewhere else, right? So once again, when you own, you will care more. You know, Jesus today says that he's the owner, and the way he does this is by contrasting between hired help and between him as the shepherd who owns his sheep. Look at verse 12 and 13 again. He says this, He who's a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, when Jesus says this, he's rebuking the religious leaders of the day. And what we need to understand here is that in chapter 10, it's actually in the context of chapter 9. That these are actually one of the same story, that there's no break between the two. So what happens in chapter 9 is that Jesus heals a blind man and it creates all this commotion. So they bring this healed man to the religious leaders and these Pharisees keep grieving this man who healed you who healed you who healed you and all this man can say is it's Jesus all I can tell you is that I was once blind now I see and it's because of Jesus Christ these religious leaders get furious and angry and they kick this healed man out of the temple that instead of praising God for this miracle, instead of embracing this man back into fellowship, instead of recognizing all these signs and miracles and teachings that Jesus was giving, pointing to his Messiahship, they reject it and they repress it. And I love this about the story. In John chapter 9, verse 35, we read that Jesus finds out that this blind man has been cast out and it says, he goes to find him. And in essence, when he sees this blind man, he says to him, don't you worry about them. Pointing to the religious leaders who are seeing this all play out, he is saying, don't worry about them. They are not the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the Messiah. I'm all that you need. I will take care of you because you are mine. Now, to appreciate all that Jesus is saying here, we need a working understanding of what it means to be sheep and what it means to be a shepherd. So let me first say this. Sheep are dumb and helpless. Okay, I wish there was a better way for me to paint that, but there isn't. For example, if one sheep was to fall off a cliff, guess where the other 99 are going to go? Down the same cliff. Sheep also don't know how to feed themselves unless someone leads them to pasture. That literally there could be a green patch of grass right over there and the sheep won't know to go there unless someone guides them there. Also as well too, sheep have no natural defenses. They don't have spikes, a hard shell, they don't spit poison, which would be cool, but they don't spit poison, camouflage, a loud roar. All they are are fluffy and slow. That, that's all sheep are. There is nothing fierce about being a sheep. For example, when kids can't sleep at night, what do we tell them to count? Sheep, okay? Nothing fierce about sheep. And we need to realize this, is that when Jesus is calling us sheep, it is not meant to be flattering. 
For a shepherd, the relationship between a shepherd and sheep is not a partnership. It's not you do your part and I'll do my part. We need to understand that a shepherd takes full responsibility for the sheep. That the shepherd is protector, provider, doctor, leader, guide, owner. The shepherd is everything for the sheep. So when Jesus says that I am the good shepherd, he is telling the blind man, he's telling us, I am your everything. I will take care of you. I will feed you. I will watch out for you. I will protect you. Can I just say that what Jesus says here should connect with all of us because we are all looking for a shepherd, because we are all longing for someone to take care of us in this way, to watch out for us, to be there for us. You know, but the problem with this is that instead of looking to Jesus as our good shepherd, we have looked to other people to fill that role. You know, some of you have gotten married hoping that your spouse will meet all your needs. Surprise, they don't. You know, you can probably hit your spouse right now, all right? Some of you vote for that political leader or you stay with that political institution because they will solve all our problems. Surprise, they don't. Some of us are angry at our parents because we expected them to be the kind of people who will always be there for us. Surprise, they didn't do that. And some of you go to a guy like me or to Rafe over here, a pastor or a minister, and you say to yourself, you know, once I tell them all my struggles, he will take care of everything. Surprise, we can't do that. People will fail us. They will let us down. And this is why Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. Not a good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. That I'm the only one that can care for you. Care for your soul the way that it needs to be cared for. I'm the only one that will never, ever fail you. So the question for us this morning is will we trust him as our good shepherd? You know, with the time that we have here today, I want to give you three reasons why you can trust Jesus as your good shepherd. And here are the three points. First, he knows you fully. Second, he sacrifices for you fully. And finally, he secures you fully. Knows you, sacrifices, and secures you fully. So here's the first point. He knows you fully. Verse 14, I'm the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Now, when Jesus uses the word know, he's not just talking about head knowledge, but he's talking about relational knowledge. That back then, shepherds knew their sheep so well that they can call them each by name. You know, George, you know, Roger, you know, Bob, Sally, you know, get over here. And for me, this is pretty amazing because when I look at sheep, they all pretty much look the same to me. But for a shepherd, each one of them is unique to him because he has spent the time to know who they are. You know, two of my best friends are identical twins, and you might know them, Jimmy and Tommy. Now, they are some of the closest people in my life, but when many people meet them for the first time together, it's like deer in headlights. I am so confused. I have no, is this Twilight Zone? I have no idea what I'm looking at right now. And many times, people will come up to me when they need to talk with them and say, hey, Kenson, help me out. Who's Jimmy? Who's Tommy? And right away, I can tell them who's who. And they think it's like a magic trick. Kenson, how'd you do it? Tell me more. How were you able to figure out the difference? And I tell them, how can you not see the difference? They look nothing alike at all. Now, what did I have that these other people didn't have? These were two people closest to my heart. When Jesus says he knows his sheep, he is telling you, 
you are close to my heart. Just like when he says the Father knows me and I know the Father, Jesus is not just saying I know about the Father. He's saying I have this intimate knowledge of the Father. This is a knowledge rooted in relationship, in love, in joy, in delight. And when Jesus makes this connection between us and how he knows the Father, he's saying that I want to have this relationship with you. That's what I want to have. Verse 14, I know my own and my own know me. Jesus knows his sheep. But here's the question. Do we know him as our good shepherd? Now some of you might be quick and saying, of course, I know Jesus as my shepherd. But do you really, really believe this? I would argue and say that we don't believe this because many of us hate being sheep. Right? We don't want to believe that we're dumb and vulnerable and weak like sheep. Instead, we want to believe that we're a pretty good person. We're a pretty capable person. That we're a strong person. So instead of really wanting a good shepherd, what we really want is Jesus the good consultant. You know, give me some advice here and there. Give me some wisdom here and there, but I'll lead myself. Or we want Jesus, you know, the good grandfather. You know, just give me what I want. You know, buy me whatever I want from the toy store, but don't try to parent me. And when I do something wrong, just wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, just let it go, right? This is not knowing Jesus. This is using Jesus. In Matthew 7, we are warned of this false and selfish and deceitful knowledge Matthew 7 says, says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, no, Notice, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, what we have here are people who have done some incredible things here. Stirring sermons about Jesus Christ. Casting out demons for Jesus Christ. Did miracles in the name of Jesus. On the outside, they look like the real deal. But when it came time for the final judgment, Jesus says to them, I never knew you. Obviously, this doesn't mean that Jesus didn't know who they were, but what he is saying is that there was no relational knowledge with the shepherd. That you did these things not out of love for me, but because you loved yourself. And can I just say that this is a wake-up call for all of us. Because you can sit here today and do all the right things, go to all the church activities, have perfect attendance on Sundays, say all the right doctrine about Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, give your 10%, follow all the rules, and maybe do some incredible things for God. But if your heart is nowhere near Jesus Christ, it is all meaningless. Anything we know about Jesus is empty knowledge if it is not leading us to love and to trust him more. When Jesus says he knows us totally, he is telling us, I will care for you totally. So for us to know Jesus totally means for us to depend on him totally. And it's not until we recognize this will we be able to experience the blessing of having him as our good shepherd. Like how Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says that when I am weak, I am strong. How can he say that? That is so confusing. It's because Paul knows I'm sheep. And the reason I can say I am strong in my weakness is because the shepherd who carries me is strong. 
When Jesus knows us fully, he loves us fully, treasures us fully. So for us to know him is to love him and treasure him above all in our hearts. Here's the second reason we can trust Jesus as our shepherd. He sacrifices fully for us. You know, numerous times here, Jesus says that he's willing to die for us so many times that you simply cannot miss it. He does not want us to miss it. Verse 11, the Lord, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 15, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. You know, Jesus here is showing us again the difference between a hired hand and a shepherd. That for a hired hand, this was someone that was paid for by the shepherd to watch the sheep. That if the shepherd needed to go in town to do some errands, or if the shepherd wanted to go back to the family at night, the hired hand was paid to watch the sheep at night. That on the outside, a hired hand and shepherd will look very similar to each other. But in verses 12 to 13, Jesus begins to paint a situation that shows the ultimate difference between a hired hand and the shepherd. That Jesus says that when the wolf comes, when danger comes for the sheep, the hired hand runs, but the shepherd stays and fights. Why? It's because the sheep are his. Now, sometimes, you know, when we think about shepherds, we can imagine them being like sheep, that they're gentle, they're soft, they're mild manner. you know, they do yoga, you know, that's, that's, that's what they are, right? No, shepherds are fighters. For example, the most famous shepherd, King David, when his sheep were killed, he got vindictive and he found the bears and lions and he hunted them down and he killed all of them. In Psalm 23, the incredible psalm of God is our shepherd. And let me show you what it says in verse 4. It says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice here, why would a rod and staff give comfort in the face of evil? Why would, why would the rod and staff give comfort in the valley of death? You know, let me show you what a rod and staff would look like here for a shepherd here. Now, for the shepherd, there was two tools. The staff was one of the shepherd's tool, and it was used to guide and direct sheep. That when a sheep would get caught in a thorn bush or was about to fall off a cliff, the staff was used to pull the sheep out of the bush or to pull it away from the danger from the cliff. That, that, that was the shepherd's staff. But then the shepherd also had another tool, the shepherd's rod. And this tool was not used for the sheep, but it was used against the enemies of the sheep. That this rod would come out to guard and protect. That as the danger would come towards the sheep, as the wolf would come towards the sheep, the rod would now come out to fight off any and all dangers. And what this means here, and what Jesus is saying to us, is that you need to know is that when the day of trouble comes, when the wolf comes after you, I will not run away. I will stay there. I will fight. I will protect you. I will stand in the gap. And what is this wolf that attacks us? It's our greatest enemy, sin and death. But here's the thing. We are not innocent and fluffy like sheep. We deserve punishment and wrath for our rebellion. That death has every right to claim us as sinners. That death is an enemy to all of us because of our sin except for one person. And that's 
Jesus Christ. Why? It's because he was sinless. He loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind perfectly. Death had no claim on Jesus Christ. When Jesus says in verse 18, no one takes my life from me, he meant no one, not even death, takes my life away. And do you know what this means? It means that the wolf did not come to Jesus. Jesus went after the wolf. That Jesus stood between hell, Satan, demons, death, and the wrath of God for us, and his body and soul was torn to shreds. Why? It's because the only way Jesus could protect us was to take our place. Our shepherd became a sacrificial lamb, and he died the death that we deserved. And on that Friday, it seemed like the lamb was defeated on the cross. It seemed like death had the final word. But notice what Jesus says in verse 17. He says, I have authority to lay down my life, and I have authority to take it back up again. That Jesus has the power to raise himself up. And this to me is an amazing statement because anyone can say, you know, I lay down my life for you. Okay, I say this to my wife every day, well, almost every day, not really, okay. But I can say to my wife, you know, I'll die for you, baby, right? I'll take that bullet for you. You know, you see that car, with good reason, I will jump in front of that car for you. But nobody, right, nobody, nobody can say, I will take my life back up except for Jesus Christ. And what that means is that when Jesus goes to the cross for his sheep, he is not a victim. He is our victor. No one takes his life from him. Judas didn't take it. The mob in the garden didn't take it. The high priest didn't take it. The false witnesses, Herod, Pilate, the soldiers nailing him to the cross, no one took his life from him. Instead, Jesus willingly and gladly gave it for us. Why? It's because he loved us. It's because he is our good shepherd. Amen? Amen. Here's the third reason why we can trust Jesus as our good shepherd. He secures us totally. Verse 27 and 30 again says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never, never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. When you are Christ's sheep, you are eternally secure. He will take care of you in this life and in the life to come. And this is a truth that is meant to give us as Christ followers incredible confidence, incredible boldness, unshakable hope. It is meant to drive away all fear because no matter how hard life gets, no matter how many struggles you face, no matter how many times you might stumble, once we are His, we are always His. And this is an assurance that Jesus gives to us that the faith you now have in Christ, this salvation you now have, you can never, ever lose it. Why? It's because our salvation does not depend on us. Notice how Jesus says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. The reason you are secure is not because you hold Jesus, but it's because he holds you. That if our faith was in our hands, we would lose our faith. That at the first moment of discouragement, temptation, persecution, we would quit. But if our faith is in God's hands, how secure 
must we be? That even though that I try to hold on to God's hand and I might let go and I might become you know, feeble with my hand here, if he's holding my hand, he will never let go. Who in all creation can possibly pry open God's hands? Nobody can do this. That is how secure we are in Christ. Our good shepherd puts all the responsibility on himself for our redemption, our justification, our sanctification, and glorification. Psalm 23 again. Let me show you the first three verses. Notice who takes all the responsibility here. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He makes, he leads, he restores, he leads. Jesus takes all the responsibility to secure us. This is also why in verse 28, Jesus says, I give them eternal life. Not they earned eternal life, not they deserved eternal life. I give them eternal life. Salvation is a gift. And here's the thing. If you didn't deserve it in the first place, you can't undeserve it. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. And this is such good news because nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even me. And can I just say that as sheep here, we can do some really stupid and foolish things before our God. That sometimes we might even turn away from Jesus, but it never means that it's over. Never. In Luke 15, a very familiar passage here, you know, we read about a shepherd who has one sheep that has wandered away from 99 other sheep. And do you remember what the shepherd does? The shepherd chases after that one sheep. And when he finds that sheep, he puts the sheep on his back and he goes home and does, and you know what he does? He throws a party for this stupid sheep. It's It's amazing. This is how much the shepherd loves you. He will never give up on you. It doesn't matter how confused you get, how stupid you get, how entangled in sin that you might become. It doesn't matter. He will come after you because he loves you. Now, some of you sit here, and this might be hard to believe, because you're thinking to yourself, man, Kenson, like that might be true for some, but I'm really beyond hope that when I consider the story of my life, I have outsinned the grace of God, the anger, the resentment, the unforgiveness. There's no way Jesus wants anything to do with this. He has to be done with me. Can I just tell you, that is a lie that must be repented of. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, I know everything about you, and I will still die for you. I know everything about you, that there is nothing in your life that surprises me, that I know all the good, I know all the bad, that sin that you might feel like you've perfectly hidden away, that you've tucked away in your closet, that no one else can see, to God it is clear as day. He sees it all, and guess what? He will still give his life for yours. That is how secure you are in Christ. That even when we might forget him, even when we might wander away from Jesus, he will not forget us and he will not leave us. You know, a few years ago, I took my son to a children's party at this event center and it was packed with kids. I think there was like numerous parties going on here. It was just like, it was like on steroids. It was absolutely nuts. And my son, 
he likes to wander. And before you know it, I get lost. I, I lose him, okay? I don't get lost. I lose him, okay? So I got lost too. But he got lost, okay? He got lost. And as I look out into the sea of little heads, I'm like, I can't tell the difference between which kid's not. So I call out to my son, Evan. Now you know who the, who the kid is. Evan. Evan. And it's not the, hey, Evan. It's Evan. Get over here. And he hears my voice, and he's like, oh, I better turn around. And he comes right back to me. Now, we're there for another few hours, and guess what? A hundred times he keeps running off, and a hundred times I have to keep shouting, Evan. Now, every time my son kept running off, every time he kept walking into potential dangers, every time he kept talking to strangers, in that moment, my son wasn't thinking about me. He wasn't obeying my rules. He wasn't regarding me. And even though it was so frustrating to see this happen, I never once stopped looking for him. That my son could wander off a thousand times over and it would not change the fact that I would chase after him a thousand times over. Friends, Jesus is our good shepherd and he is no different. That even when we might forget him, he will not forget us. That even if we might disregard him, he will always regard us. And even when we might wander away, Jesus will push through the darkness of sin and death to get us. That is how much he loves us. There is nothing we can ever, ever do to break his love for us. Once we are his, we are always his. Amen? Amen. So what's an application here? Let me just give you one. Admit your need for him. Admit your need for him. Realize that you are sheep and you will always be sheep. You will never outgrow this. There's no school that you can go to to get a master's degree to make you a master sheep, okay? There's nothing like that, okay? You will always stay a sheep. Do you know why? Because you never ever outgrow your need for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what that means is that we are to practice moment by moment crying out to him. Every temptation you face, every struggle you endure, every disappointment or failure that comes up, you know, every anger and resentment that you feel, every success and recognition and acclaim that you receive, cry out to your shepherd. Ask him to guide you, to help you, to lead you, to protect you, to empower you with the Holy Spirit. Wake up every morning confessing who you are, that, that I'm incapable, I'm weak, I'm broken, but Jesus, my good shepherd, you are strong, you are capable, you are holy. To be a good sheep is to live with constant awareness of your dependency for your good shepherd. You know, let me just go ahead and close with this story here. You know, many years ago, my wife and I, you know, we're coming back home from dinner, and I park in the garage, and I come out of the garage to throw some trash, you know, into, into the trash can. So I step out into the alley, and as I step out into the alley, I notice that down the block, there's this dog staring at me, and the dog begins to bark at me, and now the dog is making a full sprint at me. All right, now you need to know, this dog was not some poodle or Yorkie or whatever, Chihuahua. It was massive. I could see its fangs from like a mile away. It, this thing was huge. And as this dog was running towards me, there was no owner in sight. And I knew that there would be no time for me to close the garage, to get into the house safely. The dog was coming too fast. So as the dog is coming down me, I look over to the garage, and there's my wife standing there. And I scream over to my wife, close the garage! And she's like, why? To, to close the garage. 
Why? Girl, I'm about to die for you. Close the garage. But she wouldn't close the garage. So I plant my feet on the ground, and I knew, you know what, this is the moment. I I have got to protect her. Maybe I could wrestle this dog down, give her some time to get into the house. And right before this dog lunges right at me, a loud whistle goes off from someone's backyard. So the dog stops and turns away. And man, I just fall to the ground. I take a huge sigh of relief because I really thought I was going to die or get mauled, okay? Now, can I just say something? Did I have to do this? No. I'm pretty sure that I could outrun my wife. Also, my wife was also holding the leftovers from dinner. So she was a goner for sure, okay? So I didn't need to do this. But it never crossed my mind to leave her. Why? Because she belonged to me. And I love her. Our good shepherd is no different. Leaving you to face danger, leaving you to care for yourself, leaving you to feed for yourself, leaving you to secure yourself, leading you in any way. He did not leave you on your own. It was never an option for him. He loves you way too much. You belong to him. Friends, will you trust him and follow him as your good shepherd. You know, to actually end our time here today, I actually want to go in and do this and actually read Psalm 23 together and proclaim the greatness of Jesus as our good shepherd who lays his life down and to raise up his life again. Then I want us to read phrase by phrase here about what is being promised to us about who Jesus is and how he cares for us. So if we can, let's all stand together and let's read this together if we can. 